Thank you for tuning in into the New Life Church Downtown Podcast. If you would like to get connected, follow us on Instagram at NLC Downtown Little Rock or email us at downtown.podcast at newlifechurch.tv. Today I'm going to talk about a topic that is going to be a little confusing for a second because one week Bronson talked about solitude, which is extremely important in the Christian faith. And today I'm going to be talking about community. And so you're like, okay, bro, which one is it, right? And so we're going to talk about how important it is for us in the Christian life. We talk often about the road is narrow. Um, and we, of course, are thinking of salvation and Jesus being the only way. But I, I believe that in the Christian life, it's a narrow road of disciplines, right? If we're going to live in solitude only, that can lead to loneliness, depression, dare I say weirdness, okay? If we just live in solitude, get a little funky, all right? But if we only live around people, if we're always busy all the time, and we don't, you know, we don't understand the importance of solitude, we're over here in community only, then we can get dry, we can get negative, we can get broken. But if we live that narrow life, if we live that, that road is narrow and we understand the importance of solitude at times, we understand the importance of community at times, and we balance those things in our Christian walk, it can be so valuable and important. So we're going to cover this topic, but before we get into that, I just want to recognize that during this season, you guys, it has been a very difficult time to understand what community really is. How do we walk through community? How do we live in relationship with each other? I mean, even the virus in and of itself, those prayer requests we saw, somebody could be quarantined for two weeks, and right when they're coming out of quarantine, well, I can't wait to hang out. No, 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 now I'm quarantined. Now all of a sudden, it's just we're, we're distanced from each other. And it's not just the virus that's been happening. We, we can talk about the political world that we live in that divided families. I mean, divided communities because all of a sudden it wasn't just like, hey, I believe one way and you believe another. Really, hatred and anger got infused into that world. And so there are people that were, all of a sudden their community was split and broken. And, and guys, the racial divide, the things that we looked at and we dealt with and there are people that literally were willing to say racism doesn't exist. And, and there were friends of yours that believed that way, felt that way, said those things. And those things broke communities down, split friendships up. Listen, gosh, I could keep going. I don't want to keep going. I, I just I want to put it out there that this topic isn't like an easy topic. It's not like, oh, this is no big deal. This has been challenged. And I think we need the presence of God to help us figure this out. And so here's what I want to tell you before we get into any of this. My goal today is not to get you to sign up for some new program. It's not to get you to, to some life group launch. You've been around New Life Church a long time. Sometimes we start doing the song and dance up here. Rip, 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 sign up, you know. And so we're not going to do that today. And, I, and I'll tell you why. And here it is simply a slide from the end. We're putting it at the beginning again. But I'm not asking you to cram more church into your life. I'm encouraging you to invite more Christ into your community. That's what we want to do today. I want to encourage you on how to do that. I want to challenge you to do that because I don't need another life group leader to come in and lead a group of strangers. I need a group of Christians and believers to believe that God called you to be the light of your world, to carry Christ with you where you go. And I believe that is what real community can look like. And I believe that that is what can bring a change into our world. So relax. You don't have to sign up for anything. Praise God. Am I right? Okay. Let's pray and let's get God in on this. Lord, we need you. This, this topic, I'm excited about talking about it. It's been life-changing for me, but it doesn't mean 
anything other than we need to learn how to be who you created us to be in our world. Take that with us. And I pray that today we could do that. I also pray for all, and myself included, who have been challenged this year with this topic of friendship and community and family. And what do those words really mean? And, and there's pain attached to those words now because of things that have happened. Lord, heal us. You want to heal us. Lord, help us. You want to help us. So today we open our hearts to you. We ask you to be with us and guide us through these times that are confusing on things that used to not be so confusing maybe, but we're ready to be helped by you. We're open to what you have to say. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Okay, so I, I hail from the GLR campus, as many of you know. Uh, the people over there know that I love hiking. It's a big uh, passion of my life. I love to do this. In fact, most people think I'm from Colorado. I don't understand why, bro. Anyway, but they totally, like, people People literally will confuse me. They'll walk up and be like, man, he, so you like snowboarding? I've never, I've skied one time in my life, but they just think, and I love it. I just love going with it, because all you got to do is kind of give a lazy peace sign and say bro a lot, and they totally think you snowboard. And so I just go, I just go there with them. So I'm like, yeah, bro, snowboarding, never done it, want to. Anyway, but I love hiking, and I think that today we're going to, we're going to, if you'll go with me, downtown Little Rock, if you will go with me, I'm going to take you on a hike, Okay. I'm going to take you on a journey today as we learn about this topic. And uh, give you the, I'll give you the cliff notes before we dive in. But I, I want to give you three simple things that I'm, I'm asking you to look for and asking you to be. So you're going to leave here with three simple things that I want you to be looking for around you and simultaneously I want you to be. So I want to ask you the question, do you have one person in your life who advises you and helps you make decisions? We're going to talk about that. And I also want you to be a person that advises and helps others. Do you have one friend in your life who stands with you through thick and thin? Then I'm going to challenge you to be a friend in your life. Or be a friend to some, in someone else's life that stands with them through thick and thin. And do you have one person in your life that you are currently helping and encouraging in some way? So I want you to look for somebody to do that as well as be that. So uh, we're going we're gonna to dive into this, but first, Psalm 55, 22. Before we get into the people of the world, let's talk about our relationship with Christ. Give your burdens to the Lord, and he will take care of you. He will not permit the godly to slip and fall. And right there, slip and fall, that, that right there is what got me thinking about the journey. So I, I, love, I love hiking. I've done, I've done some high points. I've done some 14ers in Colorado. I've, I've, um, I've, been in the, I've camped in the Grand Canyon. I've just done some fun stuff around this. But when you get into the real hikes, like the hikes I haven't done yet, you know, when you're, when you're at Denali, right, when you're at that level, you have to have a guide. And many times when you're with a guy, what they do is they tie themselves off. Have you seen this in movies or if you're in a mountaineer, you've seen this. They, they're all tied together. And when I was a novice hiker, I thought, those guys are idiots. You know what I mean? Because what, that, that guy doesn't look like he can hike that well. He didn't climb, he's going to fall, and then it's going to mess the others up. But those hikers are tied to one another for that exact reason, to keep each other from falling. And I believe that God wants you to be in a community of people, whether it's three people or 30 people or whatever, but that's helping you avoid the slip and the fall. However, if Christ is not the lead hiker in your, on your expedition, you can slip and fall. He is the only one that is not going to fall on this hike of life that you are on. Okay? So we have got to make sure, when I say I'm asking you to bring Christ in, Community can be community. You can laugh all day together. You can, you know, golf all day together. Whatever it is you do, play music all day together. But if Christ isn't brought into the center of that community, I'm telling you, it can fall. I'm, I'm a pastor. 
All right, I've been a pastor for a while now. I've got people that during the COVID season, we were like bros. And, and you know what? Some of the programs we were a part of, they fell apart because of COVID. Guess what? I'm not around those people as much as I used to be. I'm not with them as much. What, what, what did we have? Was it real? Sure. But man, if it's not built around Christ, even a program that seems like it's about Christ, if it's not built around community and friendship and Christ, when that program is gone, those relationships can go. But if you are around people and saying, man, let's bring Jesus into the center of it, those things will not slip and fall. I'm encouraging you, before we get into any of this, we have to have Christ as our lead hiker. Christ is the one. But now getting into the earthly, the physical, right around us. Number one, find a leader you can trust and follow. I call this the principle of three. Do you have someone ahead of you? We're going to talk about beside you, and you have someone behind you. All right, but ahead of you, do you have a leader in your life, a mentor in your life, a coach, a big brother, a mom, or a dad, someone that you can trust and follow? In Exodus 18, verse 21, we learn the Jethro principle. Moses was being challenged in this moment and says, You need to keep a sharp eye out. This is his father in law challenging him. Keep a sharp eye out for competent men, men who fear God, men of integrity men who are incorruptible, and appoint them as leaders in your life. So I look at this, Proverbs eleven fourteen. Without good direction, people lose their way. The more wise counsel you follow, the better, the better your chances. So listen, I think we live in a world where we don't have a lot of wisdom, we don't have a lot of direction, because oftentimes people aren't asking, hey, who's wise around me? Who's been down this road before? When, I'm, when I go to a place and I hike, my wife and I went to Yosemite a while back, and when we were on our way there, and every hike I go on, I'm on the phone, I'm talking to the park rangers. I'm asking the dudes that, that have, like, websites and they hike these places, I'm asking them, hey, how do I get, what's the best route? How do I get to where I'm going? Have you been asking people in your life, when you're about to go down an unforeseen trail, who are we talking to? Who are we asking questions to? Anyway, I was on the phone this one time, completely random, but we, we, we found about this hike in Yosemite. We went there. We were about to go on the hike, and my wife was a little bit nervous about bears. They were saying that bears were nearby. I want to see a bear in the wild. Like, I'm, I'm like, we got to find the bear. Like, that's the goal here, you know? And she's like, she's German, and she's like, that is not smart. You are a wild American, you know? And so I'm like, absolutely, babe. You know, so we get there. We're about to go on the hike, and this park ranger, he, he's walking. I was like, oh, we got to ask the park ranger, like, which trail the bear's been on. And she's like, you have lost your mind. Anyway, I go up to the park ranger. I'm like, sir, you know, uh, you know, give us some guidance on these trails. I'm trying to ask him, like, serious questions before I act like a four-year-old and go, where's the bear, you know? And so, but I finally get to it, and, and my wife is, is like, Park Ranger. Um, <laughs> sorry, I, can't laugh, I laughed at myself at this last service, too. She didn't really say Park Ranger, but I can't remember his name, so for the sake of the story, she said, Park Ranger, what, uh, where is this bear? And he was like, well, it's on this trail, and it's got two cubs. And she's like, oh, no, this is very dangerous. We should not go to see the bear. And I'm like, but we have to see the bear. So we're in this little argument, and the park ranger goes, let me settle this for you. You're going to be fine. Okay, go on that trail. You can go see the bear. And Kat's like, why is this? And he goes, because usually there's, it's a popular trail, so as long as there's some old people and some kids around, you're fine. And you already picked up. I, I was trying to figure out. Like, I was like, Bro, what? Why? And he goes, because you can outrun them. <laughs> And, I mean, I was like, dude, you were the coolest park ranger I've ever met. <laughs> Thank you. And so we went on the hike. It was great. We saw the bear. It was amazing. But 
When you, and there, by the way, there were a lot of kids, <laughs> and my wife was like, Chris, we have lingered too long. I'm like, this isn't Lord of the Rings. No one uses that statement. I'm like, what is this? Anyway, she's like, seriously, several times, she was like, Chris, we have lingered too long. <laughs> like, what is going on? And I, I said, but babe, we're fine. The kids are here. And she literally got mad at me. She was like, please stop talking about children being attacked by a bear. <laughs> like, that is not normal. And I was like, but I want to keep you know, videotaping. Anyway, okay. So when we're, when we're in life and we're looking for direction, I found that a lot of times I just waltz off into the hike. I just go and I do. And I'm, I, I found all these different times in my life I've thought about. Uh, one time I was thinking about buying a car. Man, it doesn't matter. Just go buy a car. And I thought, well, I, I want to live by this. So I went to a dude that's really smart in finances. He's way ahead of me in that world. I said, hey, man, I'm thinking about buying a car. I want a new Subaru. You know, that's my dream car, the Outback. I just, it seems like that's my car, right? I'm going to get in there. I'm going to drive to Oregon, you know, and it's going to be great because I'm in a Subaru. Anyway, ah, you guys don't understand. You want different cars. Uh, but but I, I went to him. I said, I'm going to get a Subaru, you know, and he goes, okay. And this is what he said. I wrote it down. He said, the average car payment in the U.S. right now is around $450. If that same amount was placed into a mutual fund, he's saying all this to me. My eyes are glazing over. Subaru, Subaru, okay. But he said, if that same amount was placed into a mutual fund with 12% return after 10 years, you'd have $100,000. I said, oh, okay. Well, Subaru, Subaru. He said, after 30 years, you would have $1.6 million. Subaru, what? <laughs> I stopped. I said, I heard million. And he said, yeah, and, and he goes, what I would encourage you to do is, is save up money for a while, buy a cheap car, and then invest about that amount of money in something so you can, you know, retire a millionaire. And I was like, wow, you sound really smart. Subaru, Subaru, right? I just, you know, it's easy to get distracted, right? We don't want always, we don't want good advice sometimes. We want to do what we want to do. But I always remember that, and I was like, my gosh, like just that little simple bit of advice. I didn't know that. I've had people come to me with dating advice. Any of y'all have needed dating advice in the past? You know, some of you really did need some dating advice. You didn't get it, and that's why things are horrible. Anyway, I'm just kidding. That's a joke. That's a joke. Okay, but I had people come to me. I had this one girl. She would call my wife and I all the time. Like, I just, I'm in love with this guy. He's my sun, my moon, my starlit sky. He's amazing. And then like a week later, he's the devil. You know, just like, it's the worst. And I, I mean, it would just go like that every time. And finally, one time we said, girl, I think you need to stop dating for a while. You do not have an eye for talent. <laughs> it's clear to us that you're, you need some help. And she was like, well, what am I supposed to do? And I said, next time you're thinking about, like, what's up, boo, or whatever, like, stop and text us and say, hey, here's something about, here's this guy, do you know him? Like, Give, get some advice. And we literally, she took the decision-making about dating out of her life and gave it to some trusted people in her life. If you keep making dumb decisions and you see it over and over and over, you're making dumb decisions, can I give you a bit of advice? Take decision-making away from yourself in that area of your life. Give it to somebody who wants to coach you, that wants to love you, that wants to help you. doesn't mean you always have to do what they say, but I've done this many times where I've realized I am not trustworthy. My thought process is not healthy. I need somebody to help me. But a lot of times in this world, we just barrel down the trail we're not looking for the signs that the park ranger has posted. Trail out. Ice ahead. Be sure to travel in groups of people. A mountain lion might rip your face off. You know what I mean? Like whatever. We don't listen and we just go. And what I'm saying is before you go, stop and ask the Lord, do I need to get wise counsel from someone? Most of the time he's going to say yes. Do you have that person around you? Okay. One of the enemy's greatest strategies right now, even some of you are sitting here and you're going, well, nobody cares. Well, this is so ridiculous, what I'm dealing with. Or this is so shameful, 
This is so dirty. This is, there's all these lies, and he's saying no one's going to care about you. Now, let me tell you something. That's a lie. There are people that care about you. But I also know that sometimes even people that care make mistakes. Sometimes even people that care drop you, and it hurts. Sometimes they don't text you back, right? And they build up this idea in you that seems to fit with what the enemy's saying. It's a lie. They do care. But let me give you a statement that I encourage you with that no one can argue with. Because you could probably make a case that this pastor didn't care or that parent didn't care or whatever and build up a case. But here's what I want to build a case with. Do you care enough about yourself to continue fighting for coaching? Okay? I can't promise you, right? that somebody's going to care every time and do exactly what they're going to do. But here's what I can promise you. You are worth it. You are worth it to keep reaching out, to keep fighting for yourself. We sang a song a minute ago. By the way, can we give the worship team a hand? I know they don't want the glory, but, man, what anointed worship today. But my boy Caleb's up here leading us. He says, I am who you say I am. Well, the Lord says that you're a son and a daughter And if we are who he says we are, gosh, we're worth it to keep reaching out. Keep fighting for yourself. Don't wait for somebody to fight for you. I was separated from a group of community recently, and I found myself kind of, I was getting a little bummed about, they're not texting, you know what I mean? They're not reaching out enough. I kind of had that vibe. I don't know what that is. I've never done any of what I just did in real life, but I did it while preaching. I don't know. Anyway, but I I had this feeling of like, like, and you know what I did? I just started texting them. Started texting them, I love you, I'm praying for you, whatever. What, what, what do you know? They're starting to text me right back, reaching out again. Listen, I'm telling you, you are who he says you are, and you're worth it. So don't walk down pathways alone. Reach out and ask for wisdom of people that have gone down that path before. Okay, so uh, I, like I said, like all these different hiking groups we went on. Like I went to the Grand Canyon one time with a, a few dudes from the Greater Little Rock campus. And on the way there, we stopped in New Mexico. And in New Mexico, there was this like big spring that had a cave that had filled up with water. It was like this cool thing. And there's a little bitty, like, I mean, probably like a couple times higher than this stage. Like maybe if we were standing on the drum cage, that's how high the rock formation was. And then there was all this water down here. So me and these three guys, we walk up there and we're looking at, and I'm like right at the edge, right looking down, I'm like, man, blue water. That's so cool in the middle of the desert. This is great. And I look behind me and my three friends were on our way to the Grand Canyon. They're standing way back here and they're like, oh man. Yeah, woo, that's a, that's a long drop. I don't want to get too close to the edge. And I'm standing there, I'm like, you guys know where we're going, right? You understand? And we're hiking into it. Like, we're going to camp at the bottom. I'm, I'm like, you guys know we're going to the Grand Canyon. And they're just like, yeah, but you can't ever be too careful. I'm like, oh, man, this is going to be a long trip, you know, these guys. Okay, but what I learned on the hike was we need, sometimes, listen, we need friends around us, true friends. So number two is we got to have real friends around us. Because even though we're very different, me and these friends, like I'm like, what's up, selfie? Let's take it. Maybe I'll look like I'm falling. You know, I'm just all into that stuff. And by the way, I have an inner ear disease that causes vertigo. Not a good combination, right? 
But these friends were more cautious. I was more adventurous. We balanced out, and it helped us to get down into that canyon safely. Another thing I noticed about the crew, because there were times where I was like, man, I kind of wish I was alone, like especially this one guy had sleep apnea. I don't know if you've ever slept next to somebody with sleep apnea, and I'm going to pray for all of you with sleep apnea, but this guy, it sounded like talking about a bear. It sounded like a bear got hit with an arrow and was angry at everything. I mean, it makes this noise. It was just, it was a death rattle, and I didn't know what to do, and I found myself going, Jesus, please, I wish I was alone on this hike. I could just rest, but now I got, I mean, so anyway, I actually got him into the tent with another guy, and I still couldn't sleep. Like, 50 yards away, you could hear him. I I promise I'm not making this up. His name's Michael Hoover. Text him. Anyway, uh, so, um, (laughs) it's true. It really is Michael Hoover, and I love him to death, Uh, but anyway, um, I had to do that because he tortured me, so I'm going to get back at him a little bit. Um, but, but anyway, as I was laying there, I realized, but wait, if I didn't have Mikey with me, he's one of my boys, he carried the food with him because I was carrying the tent. We shared the load. And even though there are parts of friendship that can be hard, we got to share the load with each other. Are we surrounded with people that are willing to help us? Proverbs 27, 17, you use steel to sharpen steel, and one friend sharpens another. I'm telling you, we've got to have the differences of friendships surrounding us, around us. And I think about this, like, have you ever just, I mean, let's let's be honest. Have you ever just been an idiot before? You don't have to raise your hand, but we can all just kind of think, think about a time. We got, we got volunteers. I'll volunteer. I've been an idiot. We make stupid decisions sometimes. Sometimes we need friends beside us to kind of be those bumpers that keep us going, right, down the right. Like, if if you're out and you're hanging with some friends and maybe you don't need to have one more drink, it's not like, you know, phone a pastor and, like, Bronson's all of a sudden there like, hey, don't do it. That's not usually what's going to happen. It's going to be a good friend that's going to be willing to say, hey, hold up, you know. We need those friends that are near us, around us. I used to be a youth pastor, and I've got to list some things. I had a kid come up to me one time. He's like, man, we went camping this week, and I tried to fry some 22 bullets in a skillet. And I was like, man, that sounds stupid. Uh, and he goes, oh, man, I wish one of them would have went off. And I was like, man, you are stupid. Like, it just, I realized it sounded stupid, and he is stupid, you know. But we prayed over him, right? I had another kid come up to me one time. This is literal. He came up to me. He's like, Chris. I got this great idea, and I just need your help. I said, what is it? He goes, I'm going to vandalize my school next week, and I want you to help me. I'm like, dude, number one, dumb idea. Number two, really dumb to talk to your youth pastor about it. Like, I'm clearly going to stop you. Like, what what part of this plan did you think? Anyway, I had had another kid. This one, this is my favorite one. I taught on uh, forgiveness one week. And this kid came up to me right after, you know, it's like, you know, after service, I'm thinking it's going to be this awesome prayer moment. This kid is the skinniest dude you've ever met in your life. He comes like, he comes like slinking up, right? And he was just like, Chris, I want to forgive, but I can't, man. I'm going to get in a fight with this guy. And I was like, okay, dude, let's pray about it. He's like, well, it's, he's here tonight, so you better stop me. And I was like, oh, dang, he's here, dude. Well, where is he? And he pointed to the back, and it was the largest human being I've ever seen in my life. I mean, this guy could have crushed my head like a grape. I mean, he was just this giant football player. And this skinny guy's like, I'm going to take him down. And I'm like, listen, um, I want to be a good friend to you and help you understand that you will be blessed by the Lord for forgiveness. But physically, he will literally kill you. So this is just a double blessing you're about to get. I mean, you know, I've had, I've had a student come up to me before and be like, dude, I'm thinking about dating my sister. 
I'm kidding. I made that one up. <laughs> that, did, that didn't happen. I just wanted to see where y'all, I, I've let it ride even longer in service before, and people have been like, what kind of a youth group was that, you know? But I'm just telling you, man, and listen, we're laughing because all oh, teenagers, they're so funny, right? Man, you guys and me, we make some dumb decisions. We make some dumb decisions. Listen, sometimes you need a friend saying, please don't post that on Facebook. Please don't tweet that. Please stop. We need a friend that come up that has the, has the courage to say, hey, you need to stop texting that coworker. You need to stop calling him or her. You're married. Come on. We need a friend that's bold enough to say that iron sharpens iron. It's friction. It's not always easy. We need friends to help us stop making these dumb decisions. And sometimes in order to get these good friends, we, we might have to eliminate some toxic friendships in our life. If you've got friends, like when I first became a believer, I was going to church and my wife and I were overcoming some brokenness in our life. I worked at a music store with some of the best musicians, some of the funniest dudes, but they were also talking to me all the time about, hey, look at this pornography. Hey, hey, man, dude, hey, I can't go out tonight because I'm going to be hanging out with my wife. Oh, what the heck? Well, you're a loser, man. Your wife needs to get over it, all this stuff. I had to realize, man, these are great musicians, great people. I can't be friends with them. This toxicity is, is wounding me. And I look at the word of God, it confirms it. Proverbs 13, 20, walk with the wise and become wise for a companion of fools suffers harm. So here, here's what we're talking about today is, right, I need you to implement some of this. So maybe you need to remove some fools <laughs> from your life. Now, please don't go up to them as like, oh, man, I was at church, bro. This pastor was really throwing down, dude. And he told me, man, just to get rid of fools in my life. And you're a fool, so, man, I hope God loves you in the rest of your life. See you. You know what I mean? Like, that is a bad day for Christianity, okay? Like, be more tactful. Even talk about your life, where you're going. Like, you can do that. Like, hey, I'm going this direction in my life. It seems like we're diverging a little bit. That's okay, bro. I love you, but I cannot do that. I can't be around you right now. I'm trying to get clean. I'm trying to stop smoking weed. I'm trying to stop whatever it is. So I cannot, I, I can't do that. But I love you, dude, Okay? So we need to surround ourselves with these kind of friends. But let's read this again. Walk with the wise and become wise. For a companion of fools suffers harm. Will everybody look up at me real quick? Are you the fool or are you wise? Is it, who, who are you in this story? And if you're acting foolish, let me hook you up with some encouragement. God says, come to the throne <laughs> with boldness, and he will give you wisdom, and he will help you in your time of need. You can become that wise friend that the world needs. You've just got to want to be that. So I encourage everybody in here, let's remove the toxic relationships, but let's be willing to admit if we are the toxic one, and let's change. Amen? Okay. We also need to be willing to fight for the great friendships. That friction I talked about, that iron sharpening iron, it's uncomfortable. I don't want to do it. I'd rather just hang out and laugh you know what I mean? I was thinking about Caleb and I, we're at, who, all, who all was there? Rachel, there's a few of us there. We got a tough conversation. I mean, we talked about some real stuff. That's real friendship. We can dig in, challenge one another. One of, one of the girls at the table with Caleb and I were like, we were like, yeah, man, this is great. And she like, was like, I don't believe in that. It challenged us. We were like, oh, we need to listen to this. Sharpening, sparks flying. We don't want that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Guys, it's like, man, I just want to get in deer woods shoot something, and then, uh, but Jim over here trying to talk about God and stuff, oh boy, I ain't bringing him again. <laughs> you know, like we just want to forget it all. It's like, bro, 
put down the Bud Light. Let's talk about life. You know what I mean? Let's get real. Let's talk about what's going on. Guys, don't fear that. Don't be ashamed of that. We got to talk about stuff. We got to get real with our friends. It's gonna, sometimes it's going to be hard. Welcome it. Be willing to do it. God is not looking for an identical group of people skipping through life, agreeing about everything. He's looking for a magnificently and beautifully knit together community of people that are diverse in their thoughts, in their looks, in their feelings, in their pathways of life. Because those are the kind of people that will sharpen one another. So be willing to be that friend and be willing to welcome that friend. And I'm telling you, man, it's a game changer. It's a life changer. I encourage you to do it. All right, number three, what else do we need to do? We need to find someone that we can help. So we're not just walking through life trying to find a mentor in our life. We're trying to be a mentor to somebody. We're not trying to walk through life and just coach people. We're trying to walk through life and be coached. It's this, this, this symbiotic relationship that's going to help you so much. So when I go hiking, I know I told you I'm going to be on the trail all Sunday. If you don't like hiking, you hate it today. But at least it's, a, you, know, you know, Rick talks about golf all the time. So anyway, it's better than that. Am I right? You get it? Um, but I'm, I'm sitting there on this hike with my son, and I've got him in this backpack. Have you seen these things? You know, you carry the kids in a little backpack, and they're just like, you know, they're just bouncing around back there. I don't know why it looks like this to me. But anyway, and then a lot of times you got the, they got the sippy cup, you know, and they're just going around and just loving life. And people make the joke all the time. If, you're, if you've ever hiked with one of these things, somebody's going to walk by and be like, oh, I wish I could go on that ride. And you're just like, I want to kill you because I'm tired and it's not funny. I'm kidding. But, but I've, I've actually said that to people myself. So anyway, uh, but you're hiking. And what I've noticed is I'm so careful when I'm hiking. Why? Because I'm carrying my son. When I'm by myself, I'm like bouncing around between rocks. I'm thinking, I wonder how fast I could run this trail. I'm thinking all these different things. When I got my son with me, it's every step I'm thinking, I don't want to fall. I don't want him to get hurt. I believe many of us have removed the good type of weight that comes from carrying someone, guiding someone, Listen, I don't want to make some massive mistake in my life if I could be so bold with you, church, so that I can't stand here and talk to you. In some ways, I feel like I'm carrying some of y'all. I'm up here preaching. I'm carrying you. I'm trying to get you to the Lord on a topic. So next week, when the enemy gets in my mind, he starts trying to challenge me in my areas of struggle, lie to me in the areas he lies to me, and I'm tempted by what I'm tempted with, you know what helps Pastor Chris? He's going, man, I gotta be careful. I gotta make these steps the right way. Because I don't wanna drop my people. Who are your people? Who are you guiding? Could be your literally your children. <laughs> what greater call? Could be your servant. Back with Jonathan and hanging out with kids in little life with Asia and or in kid life with Asia and little life could be serving with John, Mark, Monica in real life, and could be hanging out with my boy Michael Monroe, just setting the table for us each week. It could be out of the church at a gym that you're at with a group of dudes that you're just lifting with, and you're just like, hey, we're not gonna, we're not gonna talk that way. I mean, come on. We're, we're, gonna, we're gonna get around the word. We're gonna talk this way. It could be a doctor right before surgery in prayer. It could be a worker right before work in prayer, but looking and saying, I'm going to lead these people around me. 
I want to do something. I want us all to vote real quick. If you're in here and you have any need, some sort of need whatsoever, just a need in your life, could be spiritual, could be physical, could be financial. I'm not going to call you out other than ask a yes or no question. If you have any area of need in your life, would you raise your hand? One, two, three, any. Okay. That's almost every hand in here, and those that aren't raising their hand, they're not because they're tired, and that's their need. They need help just to get the, get the energy. <laughs> so tired, Chris. I can't even vote. <laughs> We've all got a need. And the reason I did that was, oh, let's just take this section. Let's say that this is a section of community, our world. If I were to take long enough, and I'm not going to, I could go around and I could figure out where the need is. Is it a marital need? Is it a physical need? Is it a financial need? Is it, is it there's fear? There's, there's worry in your life. There's addiction. We could go and we could find the need. And I will guarantee you that the need, say that Ryan has, that there's somebody in this section that's strong in the area of your need. I know it because I've watched it happen in meetings like this that were designed to go a little longer. <laughs> and we let it go. And it happened. Somebody that he doesn't even know has an answer to his need. But they were given the time and the proximity to open their hearts up, to be real. And so here's what I'm asking you to do. Walk through your life with your eyes open to meet a need. And trust that God has given you the good stuff to meet a need. It may not be that even me, I'm here for Ryan's need. That, that could be somebody else. But there's somebody. Are, are their eyes open? Are their eyes open? Are your eyes open? And so I'm not asking you to cram more church into your calendar. I'm encouraging you to invite more Christ into your community. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up on meeting together. The author did not realize that COVID was coming. He did not think about COVID when he wrote that. No, he did. The author is the, is the king, and he knew. So how do we keep community? I'm not the answer. New Life Church doesn't have the answer. You have the answer. You have the answer for your community. You have the answer for yours. Go down the line. Every one of you, you've got the answer. Hidden in your heart, waiting to be unlocked. A Christ follower, unlocked to live the way that the Lord God has called you to live. Inviting Christ into the community that's already around you. And I'm telling you, it's going to be a game changer. God, I pray right now in Jesus' name that you would give this group of people the courage to say yes to this call. God, give them the courage to lead and be led. God, give them the courage to be a friend and to receive great friendship. God, give them the courage to know that even if they were a Christian, in fact, in a moment, they may rededicate their life to God or become a Christian right here today. Right then in that moment, in that exact moment, you've given them the ability to lead someone if their eyes will be open and their hearts will be open. So give us the courage to believe that today. Help us walk that way. We reach out to you in this moment, God, and ask you to just make it be real to us right here. So right now, with nobody looking around, come on, if you're in here, and maybe that most important relationship, your lead hiker, you're not connected to him, 
You could be disconnected because you turned away. You could be disconnected because this week you just lived in a ton of sin. You got shame all over you about something. Could be that you've literally been to church for a long time, but you've never called on the name of Jesus. But there's something that's disconnected you. You were unhooked from your lead hiker. Come on, let's get hooked back up to Jesus right here. If that's you and you just want to pray for that, I'm going to ask you to boldly lift your hand. One, two, three. Come on, anybody in here? Gotcha. Come on, gotcha. Anybody else? Come on, come on. Gotcha, gotcha. Thank you. Got you in the back. Amen. At least four or five people. If I didn't see you, come on. The Lord did. God, I pray for these people lifting their hands. You know their story. I don't have to. You know that there's there might be one that right now, the first time they've called on your name, oh my gosh, heaven is celebrating a soul coming to you. Please, God, help every Christian in this room pause for a second and recognize what this is. We rush past it. This is like a miracle in a hospital legs that are broken being put back together. Somebody were to stand up and walk out of the cancer ward healed, we would would read about it. But when a soul comes to Christ, we just move on. This is eternity we're talking about, so we praise you, Jesus, for what you did to make this real. The choice that they made in their heart to be connected to you is eternal. It's more than our physical bodies. It's the greatest miracle that happens on earth, so we recognize it. Lord, those that have been reconnected to you, they've turned around. They might have expected a God that is disappointed or frustrated. Instead, they found a father running toward them. Come on, I pray those that are coming back to you would be reconnected in that. They found a father running toward them, embracing them. Right now, they're being embraced by the father. Right now, the father is putting on the robe of righteousness, covering them, saying, you're clean because you're with me. You're loved because you're with me. You're protected because you're with me. Lord, he's slipping a ring onto their finger of power, of authority, that they can go out and use that power and authority in their world. Right now, they don't have to earn it. They don't have to get better at anything. They get to receive it. He's placing sandals on their feet, representing peace. Right now, in Jesus' name, I pray peace over worry. I pray peace over shame. I pray peace over comparison. I pray peace over brokenness. They can be at peace. Because you ran toward them. You met them in the middle of their mess right here this morning at the downtown Little Rock campus. You are here for them. And you'll be there tomorrow and the next day and the next and forevermore as long as we keep turning to you. So those that lifted their hands, I pray they would remember that promise. This isn't just empty talk from a pastor. This is your word, and we receive it as such. And right now, I pray for this whole room, all of us. Show us our area of weakness in this. Mine are true friendships. I'm too busy building other things other than real friendship, digging in deep. Want to build a ministry, want to build a church, want to build, 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 work, work, work. God, you are challenging me in that. So I confess my weakness before you. And I pray that everybody in here in their own seat would be willing to confess their area of weakness and then go about strengthening it by your holy name. So I pray for strong leaders to rise up in their lives and they to look for them and empower them. Lord, I pray for great friendships to flourish. And in Jesus' name, I pray for great friends in here. That we are going to be great friends because we're great Christians. So we're great friends in Jesus' name. And I also ask that we would have the eyes to see those that need help. And that as we help them, Lord, we are promised in your word, you will be with us day after day after day, even until the end of the age. So as I sign up to help your sheep, you have already signed up to help me. So I receive it, and I thank you that all these here today receive it as well. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said, amen. 
Hey guys, Pastor Bronson here. Just want to say thank you for listening in. Uh, our hope and our prayer is that this podcast equips you on your walk, your journey with Jesus. And so please like, subscribe, share, help us spread the word. We love you.